Greetings and welcome to the Trauma and Social Work Podcast. Thank you for listening to Season 2. You are listening to Tanya Octave, Licensed Clinical Social Worker. My goal is to provide education, resources, suggested practices, and understand more about the aspects of trauma and social work. This podcast is for you because we are all impacted by trauma. I am your host. Go grab your notepad, pen, or pencil, a warm cup of tea, and let's get down to business. This season is to focus on the voices of others impacted by trauma. Although I may speak on behalf of others with their permission, this is still their voice. You will hear from social workers, parents, families, children, teenagers, clinicians, and just so much more. You will hear from all people, regardless of their heritage, ethnic background, gender or sexuality, identification, social economic status, and much more. Let's take a deep, profound listening to all voices. podcast is not intended for medical, psychological, mental health, or legal advice. You should seek out a professional for individual and specific questions regarding your overall wellness. If you are experiencing a mental health crisis, call 911 or go to the nearest emergency room. Today, we have Giovanna with us. She has worked for the Child Welfare Department most of her social work career. During her 17 years with the Child Welfare Department, she has been in the field of emergency response, investigations, even services. She has dedicated her personal life to her work. Giovanna is kind, patient, and goes the extra mile for others. She moved up the ranks in the child welfare department before she left her career as an administrator. She has expertise in many areas, but she naturally works well with young people. Giovanna is bilingual, both in English and Spanish, and this brings a unique cultural experience to who she is. She knows what the struggles are for social workers and supervisors. She is also a licensed clinical social worker and has a deeper level of and experience. She knows the importance of self-care. She knows what is needed to prioritize oneself, to find balance between your professional and personal life, to minimize stress, and when stressing things happen, take care of yourself during these stressful, traumatic times. I first want to thank you for your time and your commitment to doing this podcast with me. I hope that your message reaches those who need to hear it. And I hope that your voice continues to grow and that you share your experience in a way that impacts real change. So when you, Giovanna, think about your time as a social worker, a supervisor, a manager, or even a therapist, what, what is self-care to you? Well, um, first of all, thank you, Tanya, for having me here um, it's an honor to be here with you. 
And um, okay, so I'm going to go right into the question. Uh, for self-care, it's, it's, uh, it's evolved since I started my career back in 02. Um, and so um, I think the first few years um, coming into the department and coming into the social work uh, field and so my social work career, I had no idea what that was like. Um, self-care was, uh, not even in the criteria. I just, you know, I did work. I, I, uh, went home and, and, and it seemed like when I was at work, I, I was wondering what was not, what I was not doing at home. When I was at home, I was wondering what I was not doing at work. So fast forward, I learned that that was not going to work on a long-term basis, I learned uh, to manage my time better. To I, I discovered mindfulness, uh, which is being present to where you are at and, and, and to the moment. And then I started incorporating exercise, a better nutrition, planning ahead, bringing my water in case I needed to go out in the field. I discovered that uh, if you get a you know an an emergency response investigation. Um, an IR, we call it, uh, um, an immediate uh, response, uh, then you may not eat. You might be gone for 10 hours. So I started to to incorporate all those things, uh, realizing your, your basics, going back to your basics. And to bring it back to my practice now, that is something that I teach my uh, all my clients actually uh i do incorporate mindfulness into our practice and um and self-care and balance to reduce stress to manage uh depression anxiety and to just slow down a bit um we don't need to be doing everything um so quickly um all the time so it, it definitely has been a journey and it still is because I do have the bad habit <laughs> um, mm-hmm. of being on the go, go, go. <laughs> it's hard to get out of that at times. One of the things that I was like this evolving, this maybe when you became a social worker initially, maybe not being prepared and thinking about social self-care as much as, as you grow as a social worker, you start to develop Um, You start to have maybe challenges knowing how important self-care is. Um, You mentioned that you practice mindfulness, exercise, and nutrition. And although you may have struggles now, uh, how is it that you're able to kind of implement those techniques? And I guess I'll say even being more mindful of implementing those techniques now. For myself, or you mean in with, with with my clients? Maybe a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. I think for myself, I started really educating myself in, um, in, in um, the area of, I, I learned about yoga, for example, uh, and I learned, you know, breathing techniques that mm. sort of go along with mindfulness. Uh, I, uh, you know, I started, uh, I, I ran into Ayurveda and, um, and then some um, educated myself on on my eating habits, um, and I have seen a difference, you know, with myself when I am on track and I I am more um, 
mindful, if you will, of all these, these activities. Um, so with my, with my kiddos, you know, I, I bring it back to our, our, our senses. So I had fun with it because, you know, uh, that mindfulness or the mindful living becomes alive with uh, the things that we see. So then, you know, we, we talk about what, what makes you happy that's visual. So is it flowers? Is it the ocean? Um, and is it art? You know, those kind of things. So we have that we engage in those type of conversations. Then we, we go on to the smell. So then I've incorporated essential oils into my life and I even have them in my practice for those that want to you know include it then I go on to our you know our 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 hearing okay I actually add music you know and they get to Mm. choose the music Uh, and then you know I go into where are we this uh, we did uh, taste um, taste and touch taste and mm-hmm. touch I do that mm-hmm. personally I, I don't feed them only because I'm supposed to have some sort of boundary mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> otherwise mm-hmm. I would <laughs> <laughs> well um, I like how you're doing the senses the use of senses in your own practice to keep those to be present and to stay grounded yes. and then just I really appreciate the idea that you knew for yourself um, in your career as a social worker that you had to educate yourself. You didn't leave it up to someone else that you started taking the initiative with your own self-care and how that just kind of beautifully laid itself out for you to now start to support others, your kiddos, um, in a different way. Um, I always wish that one thing that would make me so happy is if we could teach meditation and mindfulness to kids in elementary school, how happy your teachers and the kids and families would probably be. Absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. I agree. And, and they really, they really take that on. And um, at first I was hesitant to, you know, even introduce, you know, they started the guided meditations, you know, as would you be interested in that being respectful of Mm -hmm. um, what it is that, you know, spiritually where they're at. And I, I, um, I found uh, how there was a thirst for that type of, um, practice and um so that's been really neat where they come back and they teach me like i i was i went on youtube and i found this meditation and then we do it together you know so that's beautiful (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. so it's really neat what about you know what can social workers do if they have an experience with maybe a supervisor or a manager and they don't feel like they're being supported in their career what are some ideas or thoughts about that Oh my, that's, that's such a, that's such a challenging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it happens. It happens. It, a lot of social really workers will report that. It really does. And I, I will speak to, I guess, my experience um, and my challenges. Um, as a, we're going to also incorporate, I will incorporate my, my views of being a Latina woman, um, you know, an immigrant. And when you work in a system, um, for me, it was very intimidating to, um, to find my voice. Mm-hmm. And I, I struggled with 
that I was that employee that would just always say yes and um, go along with the program. And, and that seemed to actually work for me. I, I did promote. The department likes that, you know, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, however, I, again, I evolved and, and, and as I, as I grew, um, I, 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 in my career, I started to, um, thank goodness I had role models. So I started learning from other women, even women that were different than me culturally, that were more assertive and they were effective. So, um, I would say find role models, in your organization that walk the values of social work that that are that have integrity that have passion that you know have what you stand for and also they can push those limits with the department um and and so i I would say that's that's helpful. But to to answer the question, you know, if you have a, a, an issue with a supervisor, obviously the first step is is that old, you know, uh, uh, give them the opportunity to change. Mm-hmm. So you would bring mm-hmm. the bring the matter uh, to the supervisor with those positive intentions. Um, speak from the heart. I learned that. When I, I, I did my meditation and the calm down and the nervousness of like, okay, I'm talking to the superior. I don't want to lose my job, this and that, you know, but that's the reality. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. Okay. We, mm-hmm. You know, and, and the, okay. So, so, and so it's a, it's, it's not a black or white. It's a very, you got to find your style and also establish your own reputation because that will be helpful. If you honor those social work values, when you do bring something up, you it, it people will, I think, more likely listen as opposed to um, if you're coming in and you're that complainer because there are many things in the system that your supervisor really can't change. It's just, it's an imperfect system with imperfect people. So I'd say pick and choose battles. Um, that would be another good one to kind of think about. Uh, I mean, you mentioned a lot of great stuff already. Um, for instance, looking for role models and those role models may not even be at work. They may be in other healthier environments um, where you may mm-hmm. find other people who have kind of that moral connection that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you also mentioned maybe, you know, maybe it's not the supervisor. Maybe it's some work you need to do on yourself. So even kind Absolutely. of exploring ideas about going into your own treatment and figuring out, like, why are you not? And why do you feel maybe your supervisor's not listening? Mm-hmm. Um, and just to kind of reiterate, you've mentioned this a little bit before about your meditation or being mindful, maybe dibbling in a little bit of yoga. At least being more mindful of your diet. Um, when you were um, a manager, what were some of the things that you did that indicated you were being um, more in tune to your staff? I'm going to speak mainly to more my career as a supervisor, um, less mm-hmm. so than a manager, because that didn't 
um, I did not hold that position. Um, and that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> that long Okay. <laughs> as you know, however, um, I, I think I would, use, I, I would use the same, the same uh, method and what's really important. Um, I think to start off with is that connection uh, as a leader is important to connect with your staff and to build that trust. It is kind of our social worker 101 start with rapport building. Well, we start off that doesn't really change because I do believe that when you have that trust, when your staff knows that you're coming from a, a good place, when your staff knows you have their true best interests at heart, you can have crucial conversations mm. and you can then affect change because we're not having all this misunderstanding. Uh, you, what I meant to say, what you did, and then you rolled your eyes and, you know, all that stuff is really doesn't come into your, your space. So I think my huge thing is creating that space right at the gate um, and to be authentic, be an authentic leader. And you don't have to be perfect. Um, and, and staff can, you know, I think initially you, you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm the boss. I'm supposed to know it all. And, you know, I better act like I know it all. And, and, you know, that's sometimes that that's our ego. Um, so yes. I, I, I found that to be effective and, and I encourage people to, to, to take care of themselves because luckily by the time I did become a supervisor and, 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 and took on leadership roles, I recognize that that is part of the equation. It's just that maybe the departments have not caught up with that. And, and again, that's more like systemic, but at least you can, you can have that be a part of, of your immediate um, the, the people that you have immediate control of as far as how you're um, managing things within your the scope of 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 what you of of what you have control over I, I I'm, I'm struggling with the control word because I'm not trying to be like it's not coming controlling but what you have an impact maybe that's the word there I want to use <laughs> do your part in what you can do and impact when you can't there you go. You got it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so very much for participating and we will talk later. Thank you, Tanya. Bye-bye. Well, it was really nice to have time and space to talk with Giovanna in this podcast. Giovanna, as an immigrant, learned ways to navigate her career and stayed motivated and enthusiastic over the course of many years. There are a few things that I took away from this conversation. One, Giovanna as a new social worker was not prepared for the job. I was not prepared for the job. The department does not do a good enough job in preparing social workers, which is probably why there's such a high turnover rate. For many in college, we don't raise our hands to work for the child welfare department especially as our first choice. Uh, there are some incentives, but it's clearly not the only reason. Giovanna did
did not let her career become so overwhelming that she could not ask for help. She learned that it was more about the ego that could be a barrier to her own overall well-being. She noted she did her own research. She took classes. She learned other skills. She made changes in her life. She developed what I call a mental wellness plan. I also reflected on her ideas about building trust with your staff or just social workers in general. Trust is so important. It is established in infancy and lasts with us in all relationships, even our professional relationships. I say to all those listening, build trust. It is not given to you because you have a particular title, like a supervisor, a mom, or a teacher. Trust is built, and you yourself may have your own work to do. So... Thanks again for your voice, Giovanna. Keep on doing your clinical work, expanding your private practice, and helping your kiddos be more mindful. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with others. Like below and subscribe to my channel. I will end by saying, the keys to happiness are following the path towards knowing oneself. Ancient Kemetic Proverbs.